Welcome to Go Closer, the podcast that explores spiritual transformation and what it takes to go closer to God each day. Hi, I'm Kara Whitney. I'm a wife, a mom, and an evangelist author. And I'm Arnie Cole, a behaviorist, research scientist, and CEO of Back to the Bible. And I love to study life transformation. And you know, every person has a story. And today, we have a story that will inspire you to go closer. So we've been talking to Bryce for the last couple of days. Love Bryce's story. I think because especially when I was in middle school, just being that lonely kid, um, not having any direction whatsoever as far as my faith mm-hmm. or anything like that. And we've been talking to him about, too, how one person can change a person's life. Oh, yeah. But then where do we go from there? Here, Bryce is a believer, and he's doing great things with his life. Um, one thing that I appreciate about today's talk with Bryce is how he looks back at God's work throughout his past. It's a great reminder where God's shown up. But what is next for Bryce? Oh, I know. And what is so amazing is he still has a relationship with Jason, and Jason still supports him. And it's just talk about mentorship and making a difference in someone's life. Man, if that doesn't challenge you to get involved with someone, I don't know what will. Yeah, one thing I appreciated about Bryce, too, in this is that he admits he doesn't have all the answers. And I love that. I think it just shows his authenticity. But he does know firsthand of God's faithfulness. So let's complete Bryce's story today. What keeps you uh, from growing spiritually? We moved right after COVID started. And so everything's shut down. You can't even like meet people like normal. So when we moved here, we didn't know any churches. We had no idea. We don't know anyone who goes here um, or anything like that. And we tried a couple, like we went to a church when we got here, but it was just a very shallow, shallow service, I guess. And that's something that maybe I could have used. It felt like campus life again. And I feel like where I'm at now, I don't need like a campus life for adults. I want to be a part of like a firm faith and a firm community of believers. And so we just didn't like it. We didn't, we didn't vibe with it. Um, so we're, we were still looking and then I got a job and I have to work weekends there. So I was working like Saturdays and Sundays and that was fine because like I said, it was COVID. A lot of churches weren't even open. They were only meeting virtually. And so we just didn't know what we were going to do. And then we kind of just fell into a rut of, we haven't been to church in a while just because I like never had it off. And so something that a commitment we made to ourselves. I just got hired at a new job where I have every Sunday off and most weekends off is that as soon as I start next week going full time, we're going to do what we can to look at going to a place. Right. That's a good idea. You know, a lot of pastors are coming out now and they're saying you can watch online, but don't let that be a habit because you have to come in and find that community. And mm-hmm. that community is so important. Do you ever think about Go Tandem? <laughs> I just registered and stuff last night. Yeah, you have to try Go Tandem. This may seem like a, a this selfless plug, but I am That's telling fine. you, it will move you closer to Jesus more today than yesterday. Hmm. And I say this because my daughter, you know, we do devotions every night, all these things. And she's just been plagued with doubt. 
Hmm. Because I want her faith to be her own. She comes to me and she says, I don't know if I believe. Hmm. And I said, that's awesome. (laughs) I I want you to make it your own. Like, don't listen to what I tell you. Listen to what Hmm. you know to be true. So she downloads... She downloads this app. Let's go tandem. Hmm. A week later, she comes to me. She says, I, have f- I finally feel Jesus for myself. Hmm. So I'm just saying go tandem's one, but I'm glad you're going to a church. It's just so important to find hmm. community. It really yeah. is. And I, I'm, all, I'm lazy. I'm a lazy believer. <laughs> I'm happy to be home and making breakfast and listening to church, but mm-hmm. this is the Holy Spirit saying, Go to church. Kara, go to church. And <laughs> then just cool. how blessed I am to have a church that I can go to, because that's what you and your wife are struggling to find right now is that yeah. connection. And I totally get it. Part of it is like, like when we went to that first church and that experience, I don't know, we, we kind of had to decide for ourselves. We prayed about it. We just didn't know if like, do we need to go to a place that is like not that good and then be like enter into the community and become part of it and maybe like affect change there and help bring it or do we just need a place that's kind of firm for us in also in a lazy believer kind of way where i can i can go somewhere that's easy because they're talking about things that i agree with and that i reconcile with and then people there are nice you know i don't know but that doesn't actually help my spirituality or my faith walk at all it sure does not it's you know when you're a believer especially for a long time you just sort of uh your friend group becomes all christian people and but the people we need to reach are the people who are the non-believers, the kid with the skateboard on the corner who's trying <laughs> to get to the mall. You know, yep. so, I mean, we just have to really remember that. I'm I'm so happy you're saved, and I'm so happy that uh, your heart's in the right place, and hmm. uh, you know what Jesus did for you, and so you're going to go out and do that for other people. Just at least give them the message and let God do the saving. I think it's incredible. I'm really excited about that, Bryce. <laughs> well, thank you. I think it was Groucho Marx that said the $50,000 question. What do you think God's calling is for you today? Because I love how you've pursued God. Uh, You even went to Christian college, Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm sure that was a financial challenge. uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And and all of that. Do you have any idea what um, God is calling you to do? Why, why has he saved you, Bryce? Hmm. That is the uh, $50,000 question. <clears throat> so I thought a lot about that, and I had an answer for that, or so I thought, a year ago. So I did go to this Christian college that was like twenty-four dollars to $26,000 a year when I could have gone to UNL, stayed at home, and only paid $2,000 to $4,000 after scholarships. But all those plans basically blew up, is the short version. Randomly, things stopped working out. And I applied to get a t-shirt for York College. I applied, made a fill down application for a t-shirt. And it just started looking better and better. One of the guys at camp that I was friends with told me that he'd be my roommate in college if I went there. <laughs> so I went, hated it for a long time. But eventually I was an RA. I got to work with students who weren't Christians and who were there just for sports, who hated all the rules, hated everything. And it was a surreal moment where I realized, oh my gosh, like that was me a couple of years ago. So I thought, oh. So maybe my purpose is to like come here, like become a better Christian, find better ways to like evangelize or like just show other people like why I like Christianity so much, you know, like lead them and bring them with me. Well, five years as a student there, 
changed a lot. And then when I graduated, I got hired on as the resident director for the dorms that I spent four years in. So after doing that job for several months, I don't know, I just had like just natural job respect from students, but also I spent time reaching out and investing in them, kind of like how Jason did to me and how he did at Campus Life. I was like, I love people. I love Christianity. We're at a Christian college. And so I started investing in people, playing ping pong with them, you know, learning their lives. And then I really got to see over the two years I was there in that position, a lot of change that I got the ability to help. A lot of places God put me that I could not have put myself where he used me in situations that I needed to be there for someone whether it be like saving someone's life from suicide or whatever. I I wouldn't say that I saved their life. I would say that God had someone on the playing field for them, and it just happened to be me in that situation. Um, Talking late night with students about Christianity, seeing people transform from coming from having no religion in their life, watching your college transform them, me getting to be a part of that, to seeing them get baptized. Like, I thought that that's where God wanted me. I thought that he was creating me as a pawn in this game of Christian chess, if you will, so that I could be someone who was a non-believer, who became a believer, and then can use my story and testimony to help other students. And then we moved to Davenport. <laughs> so I I really don't know. I really, really am trying to figure that out right now. I'm working at a place where I'm surrounded by a bunch of people who are very anti-Christianity. And I thought maybe maybe I could be a light in some of these people's lives who have some similar problems that I did. Really poor families, really anti-church movements, just bad experiences, things like that. We've only been here six or seven months. And I wish I could fast forward 10 years to look back at how God's changing my life because I can, I can never tell in the moment until I look back and think, duh, like I should have known. So that's so hard. I don't know. I prayed about it a lot. <laughs> so it's, it's a work in progress. I'd say so. That's fascinating. Isn't it always a work in progress? It always. No. It always I mean, is. this doesn't, this never stops. I mean, I'm plagued with so much self-doubt. I don't know if you struggle with that, but you just want to make sure you're where God wants you to be. And he doesn't need any help from us. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think, oh, I'm here because I need to help God out in this. But that's just arrogant. And mm-hmm. so we wait. And sometimes it's clear, and sometimes we just keep pressing on. But either way, God gives us these divine appointments to tell others about Jesus. It's relational, and we fall down, we get up, and we do that all the way to heaven. Mm-hmm. I, would, right? I would say what you said is so true. Um, I think if I had to say actually what's happening to me right now is I think I am just being put through the ringer, if you will, <laughs> because mm-hmm. kind of like I, kind of like you were saying, um, you kind of take it upon yourself to say like, oh, I'm here obviously because you know like I'm the best and for this situation, blah blah blah, and you take God out of the equation and then it all falls apart and you're like, well, what the heck? I thought I was the person for this, and you look back and you're like, oh, it's because I thought I was the person for this, not God using me in the situation. So I think I was getting really comfortable at York and thinking like, like. I'm so glad that I'm the person that's here, which in a way still can be a good thing to think like, I'm glad that I'm here because I have experience and I can relate to students. But I think I just got too maybe cocky or arrogant thinking that I was the person that needed to be in that situation. One other uncomfortable question, Bryce. Okay. (laughs) Um, So with the issues of of your dad, Hmm. you know, walking out, uh, have those issues ever translated into doubting God 
through no fault of your own. I mean, you didn't, you know, do anything wrong. Hmm. Uh, do you ever have those issues with God that he's he's abandoning you? I would say from a storyteller perspective, I wish that I could say yes. But no, and I... Um, <laughs> To, it'd make a cool no, it's story. actually awesome. It's it'd be a lot awesome cooler if you did, you know. But no, I'd say, I'd say, I had this weird assurance when he left that I just knew he wasn't leaving because he didn't. It's not because he didn't like me. Um, it's because he didn't like my mom, and he couldn't be in that relationship anymore. So I don't. Somehow, <laughs> at ten years old, I never faulted him um, for leaving our family because of me or anything. I knew that he just couldn't be in the situation he needed to be in. It wasn't healthy for him, and he needed to get out. And so I always said, that's fair. And honestly, middle school, like I said, was a hard time for my relationship with my mom and stuff and all that. Um, And I think part of me also was like, I get it. I wouldn't want to be here with her either, you know, like in a resentful, hateful kind of way. Um, So I, I never like, I never struggled with him leaving me okay because i didn't think he was leaving me and i always also like as soon as he left you know i a couple years later i met jason and jason was always a rock solid like fatherly figure for me okay sure adopted me kind of so um i think i always had someone there in my life there might have been a couple years like middle school (laughs) where i didn't have anyone but um that's never affected my relationship with god yeah no that well god's mercy for sure, and and you know we try to challenge people to to make a difference, and it's just so great how one person who took the time and let Jesus use them has um, just radically changed your life and your world. Yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad he was there at that corner that day. I don't know. I I think he was wearing like a tuxedo, or he's wearing like a suit. He'll tell you. He'll swear up and down that he wasn't. If you ever talk to him, that's the one point of the story we disagree on. I think it's better if he's in a tux, but. <laughs> All right. One last question, uh, Bryce, and, and we'll let you go. Yeah. Uh, what helps you grow spiritually every day? Honestly, I'd still say Jason. He's probably the number one influence still in my life just because the guy does everything. He does everything. Um, every single day, he's, an, he's another example as to how to live your life by letting God use you. He has like a list it's like a text list or a Snapchat like list thing where every day he'll send like a Bible verse or he'll send like like some Henry Nowen quotes, which are always like rock solid and always reached out. Maybe he'll send some scripture. Maybe he'll send like a, a thought, like a picture of like a, a common prayer book that he's reading, like whatever it is. He always makes an effort to like send that out to like, I think a couple hundred people at least. That's been super beneficial for me. It allows me to take a step back from life where I feel like I'm directing life and be like, oh, wake up for a second. Okay, focus on this. This is what's going on. And then readjust my perspective for the day. So, Again, I really appreciated Bryce's honesty today where he talks about how he doesn't have all the answers. But he's had a pretty good start and he's moving forward in faith. That's right. Uh, And you know what? We have to do the same. We have to go closer. So we hope you enjoyed our podcast this week. And we hope you come back Monday because we have a great guest. His name is Dave, and he's going to talk about his surrendered heart. We'll see you next week as we go closer. Fields of Grace 
The latest book by Kara Whitney shares down-to-earth stories about how ordinary people can share their faith in extraordinary ways. Find the link for Fields of Grace in today's description.